want to open in prayer first. Lord, just give us the word this morning that you would have us to hear. Lord, work through me that it would be your words and not mine. It would be your message, and it would be what you would want to glorify and honor you. In Christ's name I pray this. Amen. Mark had asked me to fill in for him this morning, uh, and he told me this time, he said, I could preach on what I wanted, or I could preach on gatekeepers, and I said, well, I'll preach on gatekeepers, because that's what you're doing, and then about a week into that, I figured out, oh, he doesn't have the notes, I have to do the notes, <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to try to do it in, in a way that goes along with what he talked about, and last week, if you remember, Mark talked about the three positions of a gatekeeper, and this week I'm going to talk about the role of a gatekeeper. There are three roles of a gatekeeper. But before I start, I want to read John 15:22. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have sinned, but now that they have no excuse for their sin. He was making a prophetic proclamation. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning, prophetic proclamation, proclaiming and protecting the truth. Christ was basically saying that because he had appeared in his speaking, that they had removed all pretense. The truth had come in himself, and now you are responsible. Before I came, you had an excuse for your superficiality and for your religious carryings on that you thought was the real thing. But now that I have come, now that I have spoken, you have no excuse. The divine standard has fallen. The reality of God, the revelation of his purposes has been presented. And now you are responsible for that. You cannot go on as you were before. A prophetic proclamation makes a particular demand upon our intention and likewise a requirement of our obedience. The kind of word can only come out of the whole counsel of God. It comes out of the truth. The truth is God is truth. His scripture is true. Everything in it is true. Christ is the fulfillment of the word that the two go together. There is no contradiction in either of those. And the word is the word. And when we let the world enter in and take that truth and pervert it and change it into something else or water it down or do whatever we want to do with it because we want to say truth is subjective, it's what I want it to be according to the situation, truth is according to my feelings, or truth is because I don't believe there is truth. On CNN the other night, and we were going to show the clip, but we weren't able to get it to where we could, they ran an ad for 31 seconds, and that ad was Ronald Reagan Jr. promoting as a public service announcement the Freedom From Religion Foundation. And what Ronald Reagan Jr. was saying is that he's a devout atheist, he's proud to be an atheist, and he closed that 31 seconds with a statement of, and I'm not afraid to go to hell. Man, I don't want to go to hell. I believe in hell. Now, as an atheist, his excuse is he doesn't believe there is a hell, so he can make that statement. But on nationwide television, an ad like that was allowed to be ran for free. That's what I want you to understand. Public service announcements don't cost money. The network runs them for free. 
and they were raising money and raising awareness for the Freedom From Religion Foundation using Ronald Reagan Jr. as the spokesperson for that. So our society and our world has come to the point where somebody will go on television and say, and I'm not afraid to go to hell. I would be very afraid after making that statement because that is taunting God, that is throwing it in his face, it's poking your finger in his face and saying, I don't believe in you, so I don't believe you're going to send me to hell. I don't believe that you created man and woman. I don't believe any of these things. But what you need to understand is if you really take the Bible seriously and you look at it for the truth that it is, that it says that God knew us before the world was created. Think about that for a minute. Before he said, let there be light, he knew you. And he knew that he was going to create you, and he knew that you were going to exist, and he knew that he had a purpose for you. Before he ever said, let there be light. Let that sink in for a minute. The importance of that and the importance of that he knew you before that moment. So when you wake up in the morning and you look up and you see the sky, do you see it as a beautiful painting that God painted for you because he knew that day you were going to get up and you were going to look at the sky and you were going to look at the trees and you are going to look at the grass and everything around you? And he did that for you. He didn't have to. He's got, as we could say, he has way more important things to do. But he loves us so much and he cared about us before he even said, let there be light, that he created the creation to do the things that it does. For us. For us. And we don't look at it that way. I don't think we catch that. The truth of God. Truth is that which is consistent with the mind, will, character, glory, and being of God. Even more to the point, truth is the self-expression of God. That is the biblical meaning of truth. The definition of truth flows from God. Reality is what it is because God declared it so and made it so. In our country today and in our world today, that's not what people see. They don't look at truth in the way that it should be looked at. They want to define truth. They want it to be what they want it to be. They want it to fit what they want it to fit. And even within the church, we're seeing a movement where they're trying to water down the gospel. Whether you realize it or not, Marxism is trying to infiltrate Christianity. And it's happening within the Southern Baptist Convention and others. Critical theory is a word. If you've not heard of critical theory and what that is, you need to look it up and you need to find out what it is because that's what's going to destroy the message of the gospel if we let it within our churches. Critical theory. The Old Testament refers to the Almighty as the God of truth. He is truth. In Colossians 3.16, it explains what that means, and it says that, of course, there can be cannot be any discord or difference of opinion between the written word of God, Scripture, and the incarnate word of God, Jesus. In the first place, truth cannot contradict itself. 
Second, Scripture is called the Word of Christ in Colossians 3.17. The truth of Christ and the truth of the Bible are the very same character. They're in perfect agreement in every aspect. Both are equally true. To suppress the truth is to dishonor God, displace His glory, and incur His wrath. The Bible is our foundation. The Scripture is our foundation. That is truth. When we look at it, in Romans 1, 21, 22, it says, Although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. I'm sorry, when I look at Washington, D.C. today, that's what I see. They profess wisdom, they profess all these things, but all I see is a bunch of foolishness coming out of their mouths. The Puritans came to America, they first went to Holland, because in England they had what was called the Star Chamber. If you don't know what the Star Chamber was, it was a secret hearings that were being held in the basement of Parliament, and when a preacher would preach out and speak against the king, King George, they would pull him in front of the Star Chamber, and they would cut their ears off after they interrogated him in secret, without their ability to call witnesses, and then they would put him in the stocks in the square of London for days. And that was their punishment because they spoke against the authority of the king. History repeats itself. We have a star chamber going on right now in this country in the basement of Congress. And I'm not talking from one party or the other or whatever. I'm talking the truth of what is going on. Accusations of all kinds are flying around on both sides. And we're having hearings that are not according to the law. We need to look at truth is what we need to look at. It's hard to discern truth with all the things that are thrown at us every day and everything that comes at us through the news media and through other sources. But the problem is, I think when you look at it, you're looking to the wrong source for truth. If you're looking to the news media in this country for truth, you've got a problem. You need to be looking at the scripture and the word of God, and you need to be listening to him to tell you what's true and what's not true. And truth will be revealed, whatever it may be. Truth is going to be revealed. But we need to look at that, because when we abandon a definition of truth, a biblical definition, we see what's happening right now in America. It's happening because we've abandoned truth, because we aren't looking at it from the standpoint of what is truth from a biblical standpoint. It's impossible to make sense of truth without acknowledging God as a necessary starting point. If you don't start there, there's no basis for truth. There's nothing. So, what are the gatekeepers of today? What is their primary role? The first one is they shield, they shield and protect against false teachings and doctrine. We're supposed to know the scripture, and we're supposed to guard against false teachings creeping into the church. So that role is they shield and protect against false teaching and doctrine. We fully understand 
Scripture is what we have to do. We have to fully understand Scripture. And as a gatekeeper, when we see false teachings creeping within the church or creeping within our household or our school or our community or wherever it may be, we have to speak out. We have to stand against it and we have to proclaim truth. Now, truth in love is the way that we're supposed to present it. It is not judgmental to name sin as sin. Okay, if you speak out against sin and call sin for what it is, that is not being judgmental. If you speak out against people and you take it personal and you apply it to them and you ridicule them and you talk hateful to them, that's not, that's being judgmental and that's wrong. But in truth, you can speak to people when you see them living in sin, in whatever sin it may be, you can speak to them in truth and in love, and that is not judging them, contrary to what the world will tell you. Speak truth in love. Gatekeepers make sure that nothing unholy enters into their homes, enter into their local church, their schools, or their government. They watch for the signs of the Lord's return. Are you watching for the signs of the Lord's return? Man, they're all around us. You know, I heard somebody say they're not waiting to watch for the signs anymore. They're listening for the trumpet because we're that close to all of the prophecy being fulfilled. There's probably some truth to that. But would we know the trumpet when we heard it? If we don't know truth, we probably won't. The second thing that they do is they stand watch. So gatekeepers stand watch. So when we say that, what we have to look at is as husbands, as wives, as fathers, as mothers, as grandparents, we have to look at what is our role as gatekeeper when it comes to our children and our grandchildren, our nieces and our nephews. We have to stand up and watch what's being put into their heads. We have to look at what is it they're watching, what is it they're listening to, what games are they playing, what, what is it they're doing that's bringing this into their life, and is it biblical, or is it evil, and is it harming their ability to discern biblical truth? You know, the old garbage in, garbage out. I catch myself watching stuff, and then I have to question, why am I watching this? Because it isn't good, and it doesn't fit, but it's so easy to turn the TV on and start watching something and get sucked into it. And then you figure out, why did I waste my time? And boy, you can waste a lot of time on it, and there's a lot of it out there. So we are to watch for the signs of the Lord's return. We don't really need to preach the gospel is one of the lies that we hear nowadays. We don't really need to preach the gospel. We just need to show love by bringing justice to the oppressed. That's that critical theory that I was talking about. That's Marxism. We need to bring justice to the oppressed. Are we supposed to look out for those that are oppressed? Sure we are. But when that becomes our doctrine, instead of preaching the gospel, we have a problem. In June, at the Southern Baptist Convention, they voted on what was called Proposition 9. Proposition 9 outlined critical theory and cultural Marxism ideology. 
was in that resolution. It passed. Okay? It passed. Critical theory and race theory. It's the social justice gospel. And you're going to hear a lot more of it because it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And people don't pay attention to what's going on. Intersectionality is another word that you need to know and you need to look up so that you know what it is. It's founded upon unbiblical presuppositions descended from Marxist theories and categories and inherently opposed to scripture. The third role of a gatekeeper is the one that I think we're failing the most at, is they sound the alarm when they see the enemy prowling about. We can see it all around us, but are we sounding the alarm? Are we afraid we'll offend somebody because we're going to be politically incorrect? Because what we have to say may not be something they want to hear, and it may not make them comfortable. But we need to speak out. We need to sound the alarm when we see things that are unbiblical being taught or being put forth through the media or whatever the circumstance may be, we're to sound the alarm. We're to stand up and say, whoa, wait a minute. That's not correct. That's not good. That's not something that we need to be doing, whether it's popular or not. Because in the end, are we more worried about people and what they think of us, or are we more worried about God and what he's going to say on judgment day about us? Unfortunately, I think we worry way too much about people. We worry about what other people may think or other people may feel about us. That's not where it's at. When temptation comes knocking at our gate, the Holy Spirit is one of our gatekeepers. The Holy Spirit is the gatekeeper of our heart if we let him be. God gave us the best gatekeeper he could give us. We just ignore him. We push him aside. You know, we say, well, you know, Holy Spirit, you can come into my life and you can come in here, but don't go in that room because I don't want you over there because I don't want you to see what I'm doing. You can have every part of my heart except for this thing that's my favorite. And when you do that, he can't be the gatekeeper that he wants to be for you and that he's intended to be because you're shutting him off and you're not allowing him full control and full lordship of your life. When we say that we're to give full lordship, I'll tell you as a guy, it's hard. I like to be in control. Yeah, my wife is shaking her head. But, <laughs> but the point is that we like to be in control. We don't want to give control up. Yeah, that's right, Jeff. <laughs> because that's not who we are. You know, when our wife tells us a problem, we want to fix it. When sometimes she's just telling us because she wants us to listen, and but we're problem solvers and we want to fix it. You know, because after all, we're men. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. So the divine gatekeeper acts on our behalf to keep invaders from destroying us. When we ignore the Holy Spirit as our gatekeeper, we put ourselves and those we love in jeopardy. And I want you to think about that. It's not just you that you put in jeopardy when you don't allow the Holy Spirit to work as your gatekeeper. It's those around you that you love and care for. You know, if you let yourself be sucked into pornography, 
that's harmful to you and to your wife and to those around you. If you are prone to being a liar, that's harmful to everyone around you. You could go on and on with the different things that seem so simple, but yet that's what it does. It affects everyone. It doesn't just affect you. It affects your loved ones. So what I want to tell you is these three roles, you can't run from them. You think you can, and you may, but you're constantly being drawn back to them because God has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you as a parent. We all wish we could make everybody happy with what we say and do. It's not going to happen. So just realize it's not going to happen. Stand true to the word of God and do not waver. Protect the people from following lies, false ideas, and wrong doctrine. Protect and cling tightly to the word of God, protecting the Lord's house and his ways. You need to keep from stumbling off the narrow path. He's commanded us to watch for his return. Are you watching for the return? Do you believe that Christ is coming again? He is, and there's no doubt about that. He's coming again, and he's coming for those that are his elect. In the meantime, what we need to look at is that a few years ago or several years ago, there was an evangelist that came to Calvary Baptist, and he told us to do something that a lot of people don't like to do is write in their Bible, okay? I write in my Bible all the time. He said to write in the margin between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and guess what? There's a blank page, and if you open yours, it'll be there, okay? And he said, write on that, Oh God, don't ever let me get used to watching men, women, and little children going to hell. It happens every day. People around you are going to hell because you didn't speak to them about the gospel of Jesus Christ because you were afraid that you might offend them or you were afraid that you might upset somebody or they'd reject you because of it they're not rejecting you they're rejecting God when you present the gospel they choose to reject or accept there's a responsibility it's that prophetic proclamation that's what it boils down to so they're not rejecting you so don't get your feelings hurt and don't get upset go and tell the next person that God leads you to speak the truth of the gospel to and keep moving forward Maybe at that moment they'll reject you, but you may have planted the seed that God wanted planted that he's going to water and he's going to cause to grow and they're going to come to know Christ because you weren't afraid to proclaim the gospel of truth to them at a moment when they needed it. So don't get used to that thought. If you know people that you know, family members, whoever it may be, and you know they're not saved, and you believe that the end times are coming, why are you not speaking to them? You love them. Why are you not talking to them? That's what we're supposed to do. But we've been told, you don't have to share the gospel. You just have to take care of social justice, and you have to watch for the oppressed, and you have to do these things, because if you do those, they'll see that you're a Christian. Will they? But if you don't give them that message of John 3.16, it's very simple. 
We tend to put all kinds of conditions on it, and we want to make it. I think we'd be happier if we had a checklist. To be saved, you have to do this and this and this, and we could check it off. We'd probably be happier, but it just says, whosoever believeth in him shall be saved and have everlasting life. That's a pretty simple message. But in closing, I'm going to read a scripture here real quick, and then we'll close it up. 2 Corinthians 4.14 Whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God should shine on them. That's where we're at. Even in our churches that's where we're at. We're losing sight of the gospel and the image of God and it's not shining on people because we're not letting it because we're not being the light. So what I want to close with this morning, and Vicki, if you would come on up, please. What I want to close with this morning is this. Think about those roles of a gatekeeper. But think about those around you. What I want to close with this morning is I want you to think about those around you that are lost. And you know that they're going to hell. If somebody doesn't present the gospel to them, if God doesn't use somebody to draw them to him, And if you know somebody like that, I want you to come forward this morning on your knees and pray for that person or for those people. If you don't know Christ this morning, please don't leave here without coming to know him. Somebody will speak with you. Somebody will talk with you. And they will help you to understand what you need to do to come to know Christ. Don't put it off another day. Don't put it off another moment. It's too important. This year, in the last year, three times, I've been reminded that you have no guarantee of the next day. Last November, I got struck by lightning, okay? I was pouring concrete, and I had one hand on a hoe with the handle cut off in the cement and the other one on the cement mixer, and a guy, I was working under a canopy because it was raining, and a guy walked up and said, there's... And that's where he got before the lightning hit me. He was trying to say there's lightning in the area. Right as he said it, it hit me, it lit me up. The guy that was standing with me watched. And the guy up top, when he finished what he was saying, said, what in the world happened? He said, well, he just got hit by lightning, and he was glowing like crazy. Okay? It was a mile away, and it came through the ground, and it hit me. Then in February... I had a heart attack, the Widowmaker heart attack, and I almost died. And then in July, on the 4th of July, I got sick and in the process somehow ripped a one-inch tear in my esophagus and almost bled to death. So I understand there's no guarantee of tomorrow. Trust me. God has my attention. And The thing I want you to understand is that that means that you may not have tomorrow, you may not have next week to decide that you want to follow Christ or that you want to help somebody come to know Christ. And I want you to realize that and I want you to take action on it. Be a gatekeeper. but Be a person that proclaims the truth of the gospel to those that you love and those that are around you. And if you know them, either in your seat or come up and pray for that person. Or, as I say, if you don't know Christ, please come up. 
talk to me, talk to somebody else that will be up here. And come to know Christ today. Thank you.